Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Peace Family is 19 Keys. It's the most dangerous podcast in the world. Make sure y'all tap in for some war room, some high-level conversation, and keys to be able to unlock and stimulate that guy within. Tap in. Peace Family, 19 Keys tapping in with you. Um, I want to tell you why you need to tap into the infinite wealth strategies. Number one, there's a lot of millionaires being brought every single day, right? The job market is devastated. You understand me? Um, you can go to college, but it's better to get you a skill. I've had several six-figure days in the market trading, right? Cryptocurrency. And at the time, I had little knowledge, right? I've sold an NFT, which was just a digital picture rendering for over $16,000. But why? Because I understood the market and I knew the value of it. I've sold thousands of books, you understand me, on my e-commerce platform, utilizing my strategies that I teach inside the Infinite Wealth Strategy. But I also have a beautiful community of people all around the world assisting, providing information, resources, and links, because I know that it's harder to learn by yourself, but it's better to learn in a community sense. When you join Infinite Wealth Strategies, you too can become a part of a community of people learning together and earning together. Make sure you tap in because it's the education that you need in order to succeed and build wealth. Don't be on the outside. Tap in. Infinite Wealth Strategies. Conversation about political, economic, and wealth building. This is The War Room. All right. How let me? Uh, I say, you know, business is a uh, personal, or business isn't personal. You hear that phrase a lot. Um, when you, you know, you've had a lot of business relationships. Um, you know, I don't know how you consider them, but for whatever reason, obviously, when you have a certain number of relationships, some things go sour. The same things happen with friendships. Same thing happens with just life. People uh, go away from each other from time to time for various reasons. When you're in those predicaments where you have like business relationships over long periods of time that go sour, mm-hmm. um, what is your, how do you kind of like process that? Are you looking at it as like, you know, it's just, then you can't take things personally, you gotta move forward, or do you take any, is there anything personal about it when you have somebody that, you know, you've, you've 
been in business with and things didn't go as, as planned to begin with? That's a great question. It's not supposed to be personal when it's business. But when you have a mission and you got a vision and you're doing it for the people, the mission is personal. The mission ain't business. The byproduct of a successful mission is that we're going to make money, we're going to be profitable, we're going to be successful at every endeavor as long as we strategize, we work together, you understand me, and none of the weaknesses of men pop up. So you take it personal when this vision is not met because the people are not impacted when y'all fail, right? But at the same time, you have to learn to disconnect from the emotions, right? And you have to deal with the rationality, the business of it all, right? And business is the activity of life. Business is meant to be profitable. Business is meant to serve or solve problems, right? So once you have a business that's not working out, you got to get back into the business of solving the problem. You understand me? And so for me, when I'm able to separate myself emotionally and it no longer rules me like a slave thinking about it, I take ownership over my part and whatever went wrong. Then I disconnect from being it and I just take rulership. I can see it from a third perspective. I can see it as if it's not me and I can think clearly. I get back into my strategizing mind and I say, okay, what's the solutions, right? And so that's when I get back into the war room. You know, that war room is that place I go into when I need to strategize, when there's battles that need to be confronted, that need to be won, and I need to figure out all my options, all my resources in order for me to utilize the right tactics for me to be able to be successful and to be able to move on. Life is about motion. When something stops you, it kills you. You understand me? And what you have to do is to figure out how to get things out your way so you can continue to move in motion towards your legacy, your destiny, your vision, whatever you're trying to fulfill. Partnerships are tough. Collaboration is tough. Don't let nobody tell you it's easy or it looks magical. On the back end, it's hard work, sweat, it's ego. Um, it's a lot of different things that you're going to deal with. But if you have the wisdom and the expectation that these things are bound to happen, just based on the pure maturation of whatever situation you get into, then you're no longer caught by surprise because you have too many ups, expectations for everything to go right and you expect nothing to go wrong. But at the same time, I want to get this note to the culture. There's no 100-year-old black-owned businesses. Of course it's not because 100 years ago, 1921, they was destroying Black Wall Street, the largest place where black-owned businesses were gathering to build wealth. But we can go look at Chase Banks, uh, J.P. Morgan, we can go look at Colgate, Hennessy, right? These are all last names of white families. If I was to look at a transparent record of everything that happened in early founding years of that business, I'm going to see all kinds of problems, issues that arise. You understand me? But those businesses were allowed to pivot, to make up for their issues, problems. Ten years later, they back in the black, they profitable. The people forgot about it. A hundred years later, they are the conglomerates that we wake up with and we born with. And it feels natural for us to just support their family business because it got so large. They was able to make all their mistakes, all their failures, and they was able to continue to grow. Oftentimes in our community, we are not allowed to make enough mistakes for us to become great. You understand me? Because we got this fake council culture, which I don't care about. 
understand me, and anybody that's a part of that council culture, it's just some suckers, right? And it's hypocritical as hell because, you know, the whole world is in a glass house. You know what I'm talking about? And if you go throw stones, you go destroy your own goddamn environment and in reality. So, but if we want to build real institutions, we want to have power, it's just simple, man. <laughs> we got to have empathy for the process. And we have to have an understanding that the reason unity is, it hasn't happened is because it's hard. If it was easy, everybody be unified. We'd be building. We'd have a utopia. We'd be happy, successful, rich, and not tripping off nothing. But that's not the reality. So I don't glorify the easy parts of the process. You understand me? I glorify the beauty and the struggle because that allow us to make the most progress and success in culture. Collaboration is the key. But it's going to be tough when you open that door. Tap in. I wanted to follow up on that question and what you said about cancel culture, which is a big thing right now. And I don't know, it's going to be hard to phrase this question, but basically, do you think it's important to balance and have a distinction between who somebody is and what somebody does or what mistakes maybe somebody has made in the past? Um, and you, know, you can think of examples like you look at you know Kobe Bryant or you know some athlete that had a transgression off the court um, you know something in their past and people want to take away like oh I can't have my child watch this person play because of something that they did off the court or you take you know any recent example of if somebody has said something um, even from years back but it surfaces to you know to the mainstream media and to you know people's awareness in today's time and you know that one transgression or you know list of transgressions from the past changes how people you know they have fire there's consequences that come with that mm -hmm. just cancel culture we're talking about is it important to have a level of distinction between like what somebody is who somebody is and what they do um and maybe some things that they've even done in the past um yeah it is like, you know, that's a broad question. Like if you're like trying to separate R. Kelly from his music. And for me, I don't think you should support the pedophile because I don't think that, you know, I think that some legacies need to die, you know, and I think that society needs to make certain sacrifices um, because that's how it gets to a point where he's able to persist so long because people allow it because the exchange is, well, we got your music. You understand me? And they become... Uh, bigger than the morality of it, but any sycophant, any sexual a person that does any sexual assaults and you know rape culture and things of that nature, and that's connected to their platform, and money is still being filtered into their estate because of it. No, nah, I think it definitely should be canceled. You understand me? I think it should be deleted from history. You understand me? Period. But the reality of it is this: we live in America. And if we took council culture serious, we had to council everything that white folks made in America. You understand? We had to council everything that the presidents have done. You understand me? Because all of them got down with slave hoarders and rapers. You understand me? And murderers and colonizers and, you know, liars and cheats. If we were looking at history and we grade it based on a particular standard, right? You can't erase the past. You learn from it. You understand me? And then you build off what you learned. Right. Gaining new experience and new wisdom as you move forward. But I also believe that you should never you can't continue to glorify people once you know who they truly are. You understand me? It's different when you got your favorite celebrity that you rock with and you don't know anything about them. So, of course, you can just watch their movie. You can celebrate their estate and anything that came along with them. 
and then you figure out like, yo, this person is a straight up pedophile, then that's when you can't support them no more. Same thing if you got a friend or a family member. No, nah, they 100 percent cut off. I don't care if it's my own child. You done. I think that it's certain laws that God made, it's certain universal laws that once you break them, you know, ain't no coming back. You know, I think that forgiveness is, is made so that human beings are not getting stuck on other people's mistakes, you know, and you're not holding that. But at the same time, you know, we forgive, but we don't forget. You know what I'm saying? So we don't go back into the same cycle. Um, and so, you know, I think that council culture, you know, don't have the place that it does in society right now because it's too hypocritical, number one. Um, you know, I create, I coined council culture. I know Nick can't try to steal my stuff, but anyway, council culture, you understand me, where we definitely counsel, we move on, we make better. You understand me? But I think that it's certain people that if, you know, you're guilty of certain things, the repercussion is that your legacy dies as well. And the last question I wanted to ask, um, it's been on my mind lately. I don't know if you're familiar with the, like, Ben Shapiro. Um, I'm sure you're familiar, familiar with the, like, Candice Owens. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of times people like that have a perspective that they um, put out that you know there's an acknowledgement of systematic or maybe a, a certain level of acknowledgement not a, not a large acknowledgement but some level of acknowledgement of systematic racism oppression challenges specifically for black people in america and as well as an acknowledgement for um you know what's happened to black people in america throughout their time here from slavery uh till present day but there's also the energy and sort of perspective that you're in America, it's 2021, if you want to be successful, if you want to make it out, you can do it, there's no excuses, don't be a victim, etc., etc. But then you, it's like this dichotomy of understanding of where we've been and the challenges that we are faced with, but also understanding the opportunities. You spoke earlier about technology, cryptocurrency, NFTs, this being the greatest time for artists the greatest time for, you know, anybody can get involved in this, there's no excuse. So like, how do you balance those two realities, I would say, I would call them? Like, what are your thoughts on that, just those two realities? Victim, I, I would call it almost like victimhood versus actually acknowledging the challenges of, that we're faced with systematically, um, and just, you know, the challenges of today. Nobody gonna save you. You know what I'm talking about? You can look for a savior and become a savior. At the end of the day, yeah, polarizing figures, they go talk that talk. But, you know, that's often time when they in bed with white America, so they're going to make excuses for them. You know, I seen Condoleezza Wright saying that, you know, she don't want critical race theory being taught in schools because it makes uh, white folks feel guilty, right? And she said it makes black people feel like victims. Um, but that's really not the reality at the end of the day. Also, you know, whole concern about making white people feel guilty as a reason that black people shouldn't be educated on the past and the truth of what happened in America, you understand me, is just a blatant cover-up, right, and her being the agent for white supremacy at the end of the day. Um, you know, if you can't build a world off truth, you understand me, then you got to build it off falsehood, you know. So at the end of the day, our history doesn't start with slavery. The biggest issue is that 
we're taught that slavery is black history instead of white history. You understand me? Like 400 years of white slave masters is white history. That's not black history. That's a blimp in our story, you understand me, being here on this planet Earth. We ain't got no beginning or ending. If we want to talk about our history, we're talking about world history. We're talking about our people, have we been the Dogon people, we being the Sumerians, we being the Kemetic people, you understand me, the thousands of tribes and civilizations and languages and inventions that we created throughout time and history and that we will continue to do. So I think that what it does is it allows us to only possess a certain aspect of our historical record on this planet Earth, and it does give the incorrect narrative that that's what we come from. You understand me? When the reality is that's not the truth. The true record, which will never be taught in school, even the true record of America, there's certain unsung heroes in America, you understand me, like John Horse, um, who had fought on both sides of the wars, he fought against America, for America. He fought with the Indians. He fought with the Mexicans at the time where he was a slave. He fought for his freedom, won it multiple times, recaptured, refought. But that tells a different story of America. You know, there was we was here before Columbus. We know that story and, and that record and that day to exist. And, you know, it also tells the, the grim reaper truth of what white people in America have been this whole entire time. So, of course, nobody wants to face the truth, but if we have to face the roots of slavery, then you have to face the cause of slavery, which is your ancestors. We can't talk about systematic oppression unless we talk about who created the systems. <laughs> this is the simple. You know, you can't talk about dismantling something and there's people that still privileged that benefit from it that are not actively dismantling and utilizing the privilege of their benefits. So for me, in order for people to be good and to alleviate the guilt that you have, you have to, you know, commit to good karma, you know, and that committing to good karma is I, I want my check. I want my reparations. You understand me? It's like it's some folks out there that owe me some money and I need my money. No matter what, I'm owed money for work that has been done that I ain't been compensated for. And I ain't saying me personally, physically, but I'm talking about my ancestry line, my family, our estate. So, yes, there are some people that take on the trauma bonding spirit of victimhood. But then there's some people that just genuinely want to know what happened in the past so it never happens again in the future. And that's necessary. But when it comes to being your own savior, that's when you look at things like technology. That's when you understand blockchain. You understand financial literacy. You understand the uh, uh, institutions of family and power so that you can be able to run your own world instead of being a controlled slave. So I understand both sides. You always only get good points from both sides, but where they meet in the middle is be your own savior and you be saved. All right, my bad, one more question I forgot. This is a follow-up from the last one about the cancel culture. Um, are there any artists, um, I don't wanna say artists, are there any people um, that you have you know, admired, um, that you've enjoyed um, the, what they do, that something has come up, you know, down the road that's not related to what they do per se, that you disagree with so strongly that you've essentially canceled them. Like, you know, a good example is music. Are there any, you know, music artists or, you know, people in that realm that maybe you were a big fan of, but then, you know, something happened that they did outside of just music 
that you completely disagree with where it affected how you felt about you know what they do in terms of music as an example if you have anything else like that specifically um if you you give me like a confused kind of vibe right now specifically like have you had a chance to do ah you know i'm not you know i'm i'm one i don't actively counsel people like that because i can make a discernible difference like you have to do something that's just just so sick yeah, like you gotta be on some R. Kelly vibes, and we know you guilty. You was, you was, you was on some 100%. Ain't no coming back from. But then it's like, you know, Lupe Fiasco is in my top five of rappers. I grew up listening to him. He's a, considers himself as an American Muslim. You understand me? And he made music that I believe was revolutionary. And, you know, he was, uh, um, he really created a change in hip hop, right? Bringing standards back to it. Um, and then his recent comments towards everything that's been going on in a pandemic and his sentiments towards the jab and things of that nature and how he just adamantly stands up for it and defends it, you know, um, and really kind of just rewrote his narrative and his history of who I thought he was in my mind. Now, to him, I'm sure he don't care, but, you know, it's just a thought process that I never would have thought of in 2021. Uh, 2020 when it uh, sparked off that Lupe Fiasco would be on that side of the spectrum. You understand me? And that's just based on being a fan of his music that actually, you know, I think uh, is a soundtrack for people who don't trust the government entities, who don't trust the history of this world, right? I think he added to that soundtrack of that sort of mindset, right? And now what comes out of his mouth and what he speaks um, feels opposite of the musical frequency that he's curated throughout this time. So, you know, it's an unfortunate reality. So, you know, I rock with Lupe as an artist, but not as a person currently. Conversation about political, economic, and welfare. This is the war room. One in seven wallets are owned by women. There's not enough women in cryptocurrency. A lot of women talk about being independent and not depending on a man or finding themselves in situations to where they are financially oppressed. But cryptocurrency allows women to be able to take the power in their own hands, to be able to utilize a simple skill set and start making money on a daily basis. You can be a mother, you can be a part-time uh, employee, and you can still trade cryptocurrency by following the market and being part of a growing community. I don't want to see the next generation of women left behind because they didn't tap in and interact with this opportunity. That's why I created Infinite Wealth Strategies. It's infinite wealth, but you need a strategy in order to get you some. Make sure you tap in today, use promo code WOMAN, and take control of your future. It's waiting for you.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.